0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mental Health in the Academy. I'm Carlos. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. This is where we talk about mental health things in the university life. If you're a student, faculty member, staff, or administrator, this podcast is for you and for your mental health. Today is specifically about the student experience. I've been wanting to have a conversation about the student experience for quite some time now, and I'm really happy to have our own student in the Behavioral Science Department, Rachel Vaughn. Rachel Vaughn is a Family Studies major in the Behavioral Science Department. She is a senior. She is about to be leaving us. She's also a recipient of a departmental award that we give out, that of professional promise, meaning that she will be excellent in whatever she chooses to be when she graduates. Rachel, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for the introduction. I'm flattered.
0: <laughs> well, good. You should be flattered. You're one of the, the more outstanding students, so we're happy to have you on. So let's start here. Student mental health. Um, that's a big, that's a broad idea, but let's start there. Student mental health, what do you think, preface, before we start getting into questions, I'm asking these questions from this side of the the relationship, being a teacher, being a person who's in charge of stuff in the department. So I'm asking questions on this side. And so all things about student mental health are falling on you at this point. So no pressure. But uh, I I don't want to pretend to speak to student mental health. And that's why someone like you is important for these conversations. So student mental health, what do you think are things that... Hinder student mental health, or are not good for student mental health, or are negative impacts on student mental health. All those things.
1: Right. Um, Well, it's pretty big question. And before I really get into it, I do want to start by saying that you were saying that like you have the teacher perspective. I'm kind of the student perspective, but I'm only one student. Sure. So I just wanna wanna start with saying like my perspective is my own perspective, and I'm sure that the things I talk about won't be able to cover everything at all but um so I want to start out with that but um it's a big question you know like what stresses students I feel like a million things can there's there's home life there's school life there's personal life and all of that I mean even if your stress is coming from a place that doesn't originate from school it can still impact your stress levels um which can affect your work so I mean, it's one of those things where it's like the possibilities are endless in yeah. in the worst way, kind of, but yeah. I
0: know, and and we've seen the stats that anxiety and depression, especially among young adults, is on the rise. Even in older adults, the CDC, the CDC recommends all adults under 65 to be screened for anxiety. And so this is, this is the thing. Students are struggling with anxiety, students are struggling with depression. Um, what do you think, and so you mentioned several things there, home life, friends, just school itself. Let's talk about school itself for a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do you think the experience of being a student is is negatively impacting mental health for you and for is for just the, the general student body at large? I know that's a big thing to ask, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that is a big thing to ask. I mean, I feel like there's a million different answers I could give. For me, I think there's just a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of expectations, mm. and so the balance of like having those expectations, knowing who you are as a student and what that looks like, and having to I don't know, do your best. And I'm 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 a people pleaser, so <laughs> so that carries over to school. You know, I want to please yeah. people. I want to do well in school, but uh, sometimes you just don't always have the energy to do. The best you can do, and that's frustrating. Yeah. And so, for me, I think that's where a lot of my stress comes in. But, um, but yeah,
0: there is a lot of pressure on students today. Even, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about just the 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 broad narrative of being a student: go to school, go to grad school, get a good job. I mean, there is a lot of pressure that comes with with being a student. And I tell people this; I, I say this all the time: like life doesn't get easier the older you get like I mean you you go you, you get a job you go to college you, there there are pressures and demands of mm-hmm. being a student and then and then you graduate and then you 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 start your career and then you start your family so things come up things things keep getting added to your life mm-hmm. the older you get and so I tell I tell people life doesn't okay. get easier the older you get. Um, what do you what do you think about oh, that? What... Okay.
1: This is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, yeah. I I don't use the word hate much, but I hate it when people
0: say this. Oh, okay. This. <laughs> okay, so okay. I
1: Um I I don't think that has to be true. Sure. And I know I'm I'm a younger person, so I don't want to sound arrogant being like, "Oh, you're wrong." But um I think I have a different view on it at least. And it th- there's a lot that goes into it. First of all, I think saying that, like, it's only going to get worse from here, when you tell someone that, that could be really harmful (laughs) for someone. Like, if someone's already in a bad mental state, telling them that, like, there's no hope for you, it's downhill, (laughs) you're just going to keep hating life forever. And, like, if someone's, like, really going through it, you might just be, like, ripping away their last hope, you know? And so that in itself is, like, oh, like, you got to watch what you say. But, um... But I, I think it's also not necessarily true in general, because I do think it's true in the sense that you have more responsibilities once you get older. Yeah. You know, you have to balance family life. Maybe you have kids, you have, you know, a spouse and, and things like that. But um, so there's more things in your schedule. But I yeah. think by going through hardships where I am now, like, saying college compared to you know after college i'm learning how to handle that stress Good, and yeah. so i'm preparing myself for handling more stress later on and so in a sense even though i'll have more stress the hope is that i'll be more prepared for yeah, it and yeah. hopefully i can find more peace and and stuff even with a more hectic schedule
0: that's a that's a more optimistic way to put it yeah and i can see how how that thought can be bleak or or even not hopeful but but yeah, I think yo no the way you say it is really good. I think again on this side of the conversation, being a teacher, it is it is a goal of of university to prepare students for God. This is cheesy, for life. Yeah, At, right. I mean that's that's a goal, and so and so yeah, you're gonna have more responsibilities when you get older. But but yes, the hope is that that you leave here prepared and not doomed or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a better way to put it. Yeah. That's a little bit more optimistic. So these pressures that you're talking about, uh, being a student and graduating and getting a job and, and being prepared to go out there in the world, that's cheesy again, sorry. Those are the kind of pressures you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's switch then to, so there's a school part of it. I wanna come back to that in a little bit. Let's switch, cause you mentioned home life. Mm-hmm. How, how does that chip away at, at mental health for students?
1: Right. Um with everything I think there's multiple multiple perspectives that you could go from it but um whenever I think about home life I think about my freshman year and about the transition from home life to college life and for me it was it was kind of like the start of an identity crisis almost oh, okay. because I was going from who I was at home to who I was as a college student, you know, going away from family. I live out of state. So it was really going away from everything I, I kind of knew and was familiar with. And so there was kind of a change in labels, you know, I wasn't known as like, my dad's a pastor. So I wasn't known as like the pastor's daughter. Now I was just, you know, another LCU student. And so there were all these labels, you know, of daughter and And whatever, a friend back home that I was leaving, and then I was having to figure out what labels I wanted to pursue Mm. and wanted to fulfill. Mm. Um, And and that was, it was different. It's exciting, but it's also stressful because you don't always know, you know, what really fits you. And so it's kind of a a journey.
0: There seems to be a lot of exploration that comes with that, or uh, I can't find a better word than exploration, but there is... I mean, you you move I'm putting myself in, in your shoes being a freshman in college, and I'm with new people, new places, new everything. And it's it's almost it's almost overwhelming to think of how many things I can be, or how many labels I can strip away and and take on with my new friends, my my new studies and all it's a little bit overwhelming to think it's it's almost the possibilities are almost endless of, mm-hmm. of who you can become. In college how fair do you think that is
1: I think that's really fair and it's kind of thrown in your face too because it's yeah. like okay you have to figure out like your major you have to figure out your club and so like almost immediately you're forced to choose stuff right from the beginning and uh and it's overwhelming I think for a lot of people um what helps me was that I I had friends that I could I know I my roommate freshman year really helped me mm. with all of that because I kind of had like a, a buddy, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, kind of like in Nemo, you know, where it's like, do you have your exit buddy? You know, <laughs> you kind of have to like find someone and like hold on for dear life and yeah. just and just kind of go with it. At least that's what I did. But I think for other people, it can be overwhelming and kind of debilitating, too. Um, I think that if I didn't have a friend, I could see myself kind of just avoiding all of it in general. Um, So yeah, I I think people handle it different ways and and it can be, it can be hard.
0: And especially, and I'm thinking, let let me dive a little bit deeper into that because I'm thinking about the social clubs here on campus. If I pledge a certain social club, I'm I'm almost committing to the reputation that that club holds. And each club has different, maybe stereotypes, if you want to call them that. And so this club is known for that and that club is known for this. And so if I'm, if I'm pledging this club now, I'm going to I'm committing to be that kind of person, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not super familiar with the clubs on campus. Is Sub-T still a thing?
1: I think so. I'm not in club anymore, and so I've been avoiding club culture. Okay, But not not that it's bad, just that, you know, other things happen. But, uh, yeah, they're still a thing.
0: Well, I, I know some clubs have better reputations than others. Yeah. Some have different reputations, and so you're committing yourself... To, to maybe be influenced by those kind of people or mm-hmm. or, or to, to become that kind of person. That's mm-hmm. that's a big decision. Yeah. It is.
1: Yeah. And it is a commitment. I mean, they will tell you right from the start yeah. it's a commitment and it's true. But then if you get into it and you don't like it, like there's also this pressure to stick with it. Oh, and really? like if you get out of it or if you try to, and I mean this applies to clubs, but it applies to anything, you know. You yeah. try out something you like and then you discover that it's something you don't like. And then you have to yeah, like yeah. It, it's a little awkward being like, all right, no, bye now, you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then um and then that can also have a reputation to it. And so oh man, it it's hard. You know, there's all this like pure, pure pressure. This yeah. peer, oh no stigmatism, stigmatism? Yeah. Stig-
0: stigma. St- stigma. Yeah, stigma stigma. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't thought about that before. So if if someone leaves club, like I, I imagine there's a thing like, oh, you're that person. Like you're. Mm-hmm something like that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's a different culture. Yeah.
0: And I wonder if it's the same thing with just choosing a major. Like if you, if I'm a Bible major, Mm -hmm. that says something about who I am and who I want to be. If I'm a psychology major, that says something. I wonder if that says something. uh, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, I think it does. I think, it's probably not good. But when people tell me they're majors, I automatically kind of put that label on right. them. And I think yeah. probably most people do that just unconsciously. I think
0: so too, yeah. But Bias, you know, it, it's
1: yeah. And they kind of do, you know. People with similar personalities, similar they, majors, yeah. they, they do yeah. act similar sometimes. And so, I mean, there's some truth in there, but it's still not always healthy to, yeah. to do that. But yeah. I think it's kind of natural too.
0: But I can see how that... Um, how do I say this? I can see how that weighs on mental health,
1: mm-hmm.
0: choosing the right major. And I've seen people go back and forth with majors and, and not and being undecided. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's some pressure that comes along with that too. You're, you're, you could potentially be wasting time or wasting money or something like that. I can see the pressure that comes behind that too. But then just switching the the, the choice to switch majors and to, and to essentially choose a different career path when you're still not 100% about what you want to do, that's a big that's a big thing to think about. Yeah. It is.
1: Yeah. um, It is, yeah. I did change my major. I used to, but for me, I think it was a bit easier of a transition, um, and I'm not really sure why, actually. Hmm. I don't know.
0: Because you were an English major, right? Yeah, or...
1: I was an English major with a minor in missions, yeah. and now I'm a family studies major. Yeah. And I changed my sophomore Year, the end of well, yeah, kind of the end of my sophomore year, so I was pretty far into it. So I'm te- technically a super senior now, because, okay. okay, yeah, by one semester, okay. Um, and I think I was able to handle it a bit better than maybe others, I don't know how that sounds, but um, I think it was because I had so many friends who were in different majors okay. already. Um, So I think, I don't know, having some variety can kind of almost help transitions because then not sticking to one label.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. So let's talk about the friends part of it for a second. Yeah. Because you had mentioned that too. Um, And so you come to college, you make new friends, they influence you or don't influence you, maybe in a good way or bad way. What's that phrase? What's that saying that you are... The people who are the the six closest people to you, or something like that, or five, or so, right. I forget what that saying is. Um, talk about that for a second. Talk about the, the the experience with friends and how that can hurt or help mental health in the student life.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, it really can be. It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> for me personally, once again, I'm a people pleaser, yeah. and so I think it was really easy for me whenever. I was first in college to just be with the people I could please the best okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and also just kind of reflect the identity of the people around me, you know, s- since everything is so overwhelming, it's kind of nice to just kind of coast through sometimes. Okay, okay. Um, so I think there's kind of that aspect of, of, I don't know, kind of becoming the personality of the people around you in order to fit in and blend, make things easier. Yeah. But Um, But friends can also influence you in like a bad way, in a good way. Like sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad, but you have to find yourself and who you are too. And so having to figure out that difference between this is who I am, this is who my friends are and I don't know, being cheesy, but you know, being like true to yourself and everything. um, It can be hard to do, especially when you don't know who your true self is. Mm -hmm. You know, how can you be true to yourself when you don't know who you are and then, yeah, it, it's it's a lot to figure out.
0: It is, and and even that idea that I don't know finding yourself, discovering who you really are, that's, gosh, that is that's such a big existential thing. It's a it's a personal thing. It's 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 maybe one of the biggest things in college life that students experience. This mm-hmm. idea of finding yourself and knowing who you are, being independent, being on your own, that kind of stuff. That's a big. It's a big order. That's that's a tall task for students.
1: Yeah, it is, and I think there's there's can be kind of some guilt that kind of goes along, especially like going back to like the home life conversation. Oh yeah, okay. Of like leaving some identities behind, and even leaving like some friends behind, even throughout your school life. You know, there's a bit of sadness there, and, and a bit of guilt for maybe not sticking with one. You know, personality or sure. one friend group, but so there's kind of this battle between like what's good for you and what you and what you've liked. You know, it, yeah. there's some bittersweet that's kind of mixed in there.
0: Yeah, I can see that, and I hadn't thought about that before. I can see that being a thing of grief, mm-hmm. and, and and grieving the things you left behind, the people you left behind. Um, but there is it, it is bittersweet, but and yeah, I'm I'm thinking about people that I went to high school with, and 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 we just kind of grew apart. After college, because we we became different people, right? And and I, yeah, I, I wonder if if grieving is too heavy of a way to put that. What do you what do you think?
1: Uh, maybe it probably just depends on the person. Sure, I think yeah. it's it's just like nostalgic for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just nostalgic yeah. mainly. So maybe grief might be a little harsh. Okay, but for okay. some people, maybe it is. Yeah, you know, it just depends.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it is it fair to say that some people might experience some kind of identity crisis? Who who you are versus who you want to be versus who you are becoming? All that in one kind of big time frame in your life. And is it mm-hmm. how fair do you think that is to to throw that around? Identity crisis.
1: I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, I would say that I went through an identity crisis, you know, if you talk to my friends who've known me throughout my college career, I guess, who were actually there like the whole time, who I was at the beginning of college is what I would say is completely different to who I am now. And I think that's because I went through this like kind of identity crisis, trying out all these different things, trying to figure out what fit and what didn't. And, and it's hard to find I don't know, find that balance um, with friends and personal, you know, personal ideas of who you want to be and and who you are. It's a lot of things that are pulling different directions.
0: Totally. I I can see that. And gosh, I was in college, gosh, 20 years ago, if not more than that. I, I don't know how old I am at this point. But yeah, I was in college a long time ago. And I did not have the, the distractions that, that you all have today. I mean, I had friends and I had, had those kind of influences, but Twitter wasn't a thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: TikTok wasn't a thing. And so, so I imagine the student today, you have your friends, you have your social club, you have the pressures of school, but then you have these outside influences and they're literally called influencers, right? right? And so you have so much that's bombarding you with information and image and do this and do that and be this and be that. There's so much, a lot more than 20 years ago. A lot more.
1: yeah, and that's almost like a whole nother topic you know the influence right. of yeah. social media yeah. and and uh, it's it's a distraction, yeah. it's also expectations and
0: interesting. It's, it's what do you mean lot. expectation?
1: Well, I think for me, especially like Instagram, you know, people always say like Instagram is like the highlights of everyone's lives. And so there's this expectation that you have to have all these highlights, all these great things to share with the world. At least that's how it is for me. I feel like I have to have a great life and show that I'm having a great life or I'm not living up to the standards of, you know, of, of my peers. And it's, that's a lot of pressure to add on to just, you know, day to day life that's already hard enough.
0: Man, yeah, that's, and that's one of the reasons I really don't like social media because it is a one-sided view of of a person, and and that's interesting because well, let's let's chase that rabbit for a second mm-hmm. because I've seen people get upset at other people posting their bad experiences on Facebook, like oh all they do is complain, all mm-hmm. they do is whine, they're always depressed or whatever, mm-hmm. and at the same time I also see people who their life is nothing but great, and so yeah. there's there's a little bit of, I don't know, a, a catch twenty two there. Like, either either you're super great or super the best on on Facebook, or you're struggling and you get mad about it. So, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. I don't.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's more of like a pride thing. Like, mm. sometimes it's just hard to see other people's lives yeah. <laughs> in yeah. general. Yeah. You know, whether or not you're jealous or irritated.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it can be easy to just be irritated yeah. and. I don't know, bothered by other people when yeah. it's not your own life to yeah. some extent.
0: Yeah, and I've said this before in class, but my wife and I have talked about how we have not evolved as a species to to handle this much communication with Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. Like we are bombarded with information and, and communication and we're not, I don't think we've evolved to handle that. I think that's a source of, of mental health and, and, and stress and anxiety. The fact that we're, we get so, we're flooded with, communication and information and and a lot of it is toxic twitter is pretty toxic sometimes Mm -hmm. and and so so yeah i think if if i was if i was 20 years old i think that would be a major source of stress and anxiety for me yeah yeah
1: yeah i would agree i i don't really go on social media anymore good Good for you i do have tiktok and i have to limit myself or else i just (laughs) get sucked in it's
0: so easy to i know but
1: rather than that i try to stay off it and and i think it's helped a lot even now, now that I've been away from it for a while, whenever I go back to it, even if I just, you know, go on Instagram or Facebook for like five minutes, it's like, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it is. There's just so many people yeah. and it immediately affects my mood. You know, yeah. I see other people living like a life I want to live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then there's
1: jealousy, you know, yes. there, there's shame yeah. for not being that person. <clears throat> and then you see people who are going through hard things and. It's like, oh well, I'm going through hard things too. You know, yeah, you're yeah, complaining yeah. and you don't even suffering. know what I'm going through. And it, I don't know. It just yeah. kind of makes, at least for me, it makes me into someone that I don't like being. Yeah. yeah. And so,
0: that's very that's very mindful and, and reflective of you. I wonder if students do the same thing, just with not just, but only with students like with, with different majors. Like they see someone being a Bible major and they see them loving it, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh man, why can't I be? that why can't i So does that make sense? I wonder if people do the same thing. I think the comparison is is legit. I think social media is really good at at making us compare ourselves. I wonder if students compare themselves just with other students in other majors and other social clubs and that kind of stuff. What do you think?
1: I think probably so.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's I mean, no matter what you talk about, I think it's just easy to compare yourself to other people and yeah. so I think it would apply to many aspects of life, including club, including school, yeah. including majors. You know, you see anyone who's doing better than you and it's, and it's like, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And I can see how that can be, that can chip away at your mental health as a student. I can see how that can, um, going back to identity crisis. I can see how that makes an identity crisis, comparing yourself and seeing other people do better than you or whatever. I can see how that can chip away at that too. Um, what about so let's talk for a second about the balance of a student if i'm thinking about club and 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 social life and home life and and all the work as uh, in class let's talk about balance for a second and then throwing the identity crisis on top of that there's so there's so many layers to what can influence mental health in students but let's talk about balance for a second What do you think balance is? What do you think that looks like? What do you think, or how is that a good or bad thing for mental health?
1: Mm -hmm. I think balance is really important. I think, I think it's one of the most important things to be honest, because since everything can be so overwhelming, you know, you have, you have school, you have friends, you have work, you have clubs, you have your own personal things that you have to do every day. Um, And it's so overwhelming. There's so much to it. And, without balance, without being intentional about where you're putting your priorities, it can easily become too much to handle, um, and kind of get out of control or, or become uneven and, you know, spending too much time with friends and not enough time getting good grades or whatever. But, um, so I think it's important and, um, and you can't find balance when you have too much on your plate. And so sometimes you have to be intentional about what you're doing and and realize what you need to give up.
0: I bet you that's a hard lesson to learn as a student. I think that part where you just said is is really important for me. Learning what you have to give up.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: that's probably a really hard thing. Yeah. I think even as, as as adults, I mean, saying no to the right things. I think that's a really hard lesson to learn. What about? I mean, it, it, within the balance conversation. Uh I can see all the stress that comes with with all the the multifacets of 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 a student experience. What about burnout how How real do you i mean I think we talk about burnout a lot in in in, in careers in in jobs and stuff like that but I think student burnout is a really important thing too um I don't think we talk about that enough. What do you think about student burnout
1: mm mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. I think a lot of students at one point will probably experience it, especially once you get into, you know, your later later years. Um, yeah. Once you get into your later years, there's just a lot of stress. There's a lot to balance. And, you know, burnout is whenever you've done so much, you, whenever you have this like prolonged stress yeah, that it gets yeah. to the point where you just can't anymore and you feel like you can't keep going. Yeah. Um, and so for students who haven't found a balance and who have been pushing themselves endlessly, I mean, they're just, they're just kind of dooming themselves yeah. to burnout. And, yeah. um, and I think that's why balance is so important because if you don't have it, then, then you, you will get burnt out eventually. And that can be hard. And then with burnout, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. There's, you have to figure out how to get out of it and how to get through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I talked with a friend of mine this past weekend about burnout um, because she graduated this last May and she experienced burnout and we're roommates. So I got to see that right up close. And I was kind of going through my own burnout, but it was kind of, I don't know, it was different. It was interesting to compare our different struggles. And um, she said for her that what she learned is that she needed some humility and she needed support. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. For her, she said that having someone on the outside looking in to be able to give not only encouragement, but just advice about, you know, like maybe you should be prioritizing this or maybe you should be, you know, giving that practical advice Mm. was really good and really helpful in what helped her you know push through and and find more of that balance hmm. um and that takes humility yeah. and i think that can be true for all of us you know we think that we can handle handle it all and i think that's another thing that can lead to burnout is we think we can handle it all and you know maybe it's the same amount of stress that we did handle at one point but since it's built up it's too much for yeah. us now and having to so to finally say that we can't do it is you have to have a lot of humility and put down your pride for that.
0: That's a really interesting way to put it. I like that a lot. And I've had several conversations about burnout over the past several, several months. And not once has anyone mentioned humility. I, I do think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, to put your pride aside, like you said, and to be humble in accepting help mm-hmm. and direction. And that's really... That's really interesting. And I'm thinking about what you said yesterday in class that you have everything due next week and you have, you have, and, and, and we really don't do that on purpose. Like, (laughs) like I know, like every semester, like students like, oh, we have this paper, we have this and this and this, and we really don't do that on purpose, but it really happens that way a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can see how that, you know, it, it goes back to, to the pressure that, that we're talking about earlier. To, to do everything at once that so we have a one big week of stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a lot of pressure and it's, it's almost like, I don't know. Uh, what's the, I'm looking for an analogy. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a release valve. Like something's about to like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's built up and there's pressure. And then right,
1: like a boiling pot, you yeah, know, lid yeah. on and
0: yeah. yeah. And then you start steaming and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can see how that is. Yeah. That's, that's, I can see how that that is to burn out. I mm-hmm. think every semester, everyone experiences some kind of burnout. Towards mm-hmm. finals, everyone's tired. Yeah. After Thanksgiving, everyone's done. Like, I think everyone experiences some burnout.
1: Yeah, I think there's truth in that. I think burnout is, I mean, it's a big it's a big thing and yeah. it has a lot of different levels, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so I do think that, you know, during during finals, during those stressful yeah. weeks, there's a lot. And if you're not handling that stress yeah. and if you're not aware of it too, if you're not aware of how you're handling that stress, it could very easily turn into burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's also too a difference between just being stressed and being burnt out totally. because like right now I don't think I'm burnt out. I am very stressed though. <laughs> and I do have a lot of anxiety because of all of the things I need to do. Yeah. Um, but I think to get to burnout is when you're not taking care of that stress and anxiety It's not the equivalent of it. It's kind of more like the aftermath of it. Um, And so a lot of students, I think they might think that they're burnt out, but really they're, they might not be. So I think there is some value in like seeing the difference between being overloaded with stress and then being an actual burnout. Because burnout is when, at least for me, burnout is when you really have nothing left to give. When even if you want to do something, there's just no motivation know nothing. You you just have nothing left. You're empty. Um, where like anxiety and stress, it's more like a panic, you know, sure, like yeah. it's more yeah. like I have to do everything right now because I'm behind. And, yeah. and so, so there, there is a difference between that, but, um, but I do think that, that it can lead to burnout pretty easily.
0: I wonder how many students experience that kind of apathy, that kind of empty, that kind of, uh, I can't find a better word than empty, but yeah, I get it. There are, there are moments where you there's it takes absolutely everything inside of you just to go to work, just to go to class mm-hmm. and yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just like a loss of motivation. Yeah. yeah. And and it's horrible because it I think the worst part about it is that you just don't care. Yeah. At least that's how it is for me. Like when I'm really burnt out, I just don't care. Like I have an assignment, I don't even care yeah. anymore. I I don't have anything to give. Why I even bother? And so it's just this spiral. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's I, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think students need to hear this. I, I, think, I think teachers need to hear this because, and, and I said this at the beginning of the semester, like student mental health is a really big thing for me right now. And, and I do think we need to not cater to students, but to understand the student experience behind this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know it's a lot. And I know there's a lot of pressure. And, and sure, this is college. This is where we work hard at the same time, if we are, if I'm, I'm trying to speak broadly here, and so it might be overgeneralizing, but if if universities are are burning students out, then I, I think we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if and if teachers are are overloading students just so they can prove themselves, so they can make good grades, I, I think we're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I, I think the system does need some some deep corrections because we can't we can't keep burning students out. We can't keep burning professors out. Yeah. And I and I do think there's something something needs to change. I don't know what that is, but but the fact that semester after semester, in, in my experience, the time where energy drops in the semester is usually around Thanksgiving-ish. Mm-hmm that time when energy significantly drops professor students, it's getting earlier and earlier in the semester. And I don't know if it's it's a COVID thing. I don't know what it is, but, but I've, I've watched it happen, especially with students. Energy is just depleted uh, Mm -hmm. earlier and earlier in the semester. So yeah, it's a long, it's a long soapbox there. I'm sorry, but I do think the system needs to deeply change because if we're we're producing burnout students, then we're, we're, I think we're missing the point. I really do. That's a that's a long thought. What do you what do you think about that?
1: I think I think it's a good point, even yeah. though it's a long point, it's a good one. And man, I can't imagine being a teacher too. I mean, you've kind of been trying to see from a student perspective, but also from like I don't really know the teacher yeah. perspective. And I imagine it can be hard to kind of see the difference between if a student is burnt out, or maybe if they're just lazy, sure. yeah. yeah, exactly, <laughs> to, yeah, good. Because yeah. that's one of the things where it's like, when I'm burnt out, I feel like I'm also like letting down this expectation of like, oh, they're gonna think that I'm I'm lazy and mm, that yeah. I'm not smart, and and maybe that is true for some, for some. Sh- yeah, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. they just they just can't get the work done, and so I feel like it would be hard for a professor to to. Be able to know that difference and know when to yeah. really give students grace, and then when to push them. Yeah. And I'm not sure how you would really be able to find, like, see what that difference in difference is, and like act on that accordingly. I'm not sure.
0: It's a careful thing, yeah. And that's that's kind of a different conversation. That's but it's a good one. It's a careful thing because at the same time, like, if if I'm trying to discern, is this student lazy or just burnout, out? Well, my burnout can influence that answer, mm-hmm. and so if I'm burnout, I'm going to think they're just lazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to. So so even my mental state can influence that discernment, and so it's a it's a really it's a really careful thing, um, especially post COVID. Now that we've had a lot of focus on mental health, especially in students, I think it's a really careful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Student burnout. That's a, that's really, gosh, we should have just been talking about that the whole time. That's a really, Mm -hmm. that's a really important one. Mm -hmm. Um, I am mindful of time and I'm getting towards the end of my notes. So let's transition into some, maybe some advice, some tips for, for students and mental health. How do you think students can preserve or help or at least limit the negative impact on their mental health?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, In my life, I think uh, really implementing self-care is important. Mm. And I think in our generation or in this day and age, self-care is talked about a lot or it's brought up a lot. I feel like it's kind of one of those like trending, maybe mental health things. But um, self-care I think is really important. And I think it's a good way to be more aware of how we are handling our stress, Hmm. how we are finding that balance. Um, And maybe that can help us, you know, focusing on self-care can help us be more aware, which can help us see where we're at and see what we need. And so it's kind of all connected, but, um, but self-care in itself has a lot of stuff in it. Um, I think there's unhealthy Mm self-care and healthy Mm -hmm. self-care. And so it's also important to be aware of that. Um, I think a lot of the, I think unhealthy self care is easier to kind of it fall is, into. Yeah. So, to kind of give like more of a definition. So, self care, at least my definition, would be taking care of yourself, your personal well being. Yeah. Um, and so, unhealthy self care would be the, would be more of like an immediate, re, immediate relief um, and avoidance. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so maybe because I feel like I've made the mistake of being like, okay, I'm going to do self-care. I'm going to avoid my homework tonight and watch a movie, just pamper myself. This is self-care. I'm taking care of myself. But really, that's not taking care of myself, if you think about it, because that's not fixing the stress. It's just prolonging it yeah. it's just avoiding it and so later on you know i wake up the next day and then i'm even more stressed because i didn't get anything <laughs> yeah. done yeah. and so um so healthy self-care would be making um there's this quote i think it's from Brianna weist i don't know but um about like making a life you don't want to escape from or avoid.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And
1: so instead of like trying to avoid having self-care be like an escape, self-care is more so a solution finding, you know, solutions to the problems that are making you stressed That's good. and then finding a peace in that. So instead of avoiding it, you're being like, okay, I'll do an hour, hour of homework and then I'll do this and finding more of that balance. Um, And so I think it's important to see that difference and be aware of it, because if you're only doing unhealthy self-care and labeling it as something that's good for you, you're not really helping yourself.
0: You know, I wonder how many people avoid their responsibilities and call it self-care. I bet you that's a common mistake or, or oversight or something. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm guilty of that too. have I've had a bad day, I need to buy some jeans, whatever. And so that's and that's just that's not fixing anything. That's just a, mm-hmm. a temporary solution. That's mm-hmm. a really good way to put that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I do think people need to pay attention to as to whether they're avoiding or really practicing self care. Yeah. I tell people self care is a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And, and it's not just something that can just I'm gonna do this for myself this one day. And I'm it's not it's not that mm-hmm. at all. Um. And so yeah that's really interesting Mm -hmm. the avoidance part of it yeah yeah that's a really good one for me
1: yeah i think healthy self-care is having more of like a long-term mindset instead of a short-term mindset so instead of avoiding it for a little bit a little bit you're implementing something that's going to help you in the long run um that's good and this is something I also talked to one of my friends about, my friend Corey, a lot is self-care. We bring it up all the time. Yeah. And something she always tells me is to be kind to myself. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and so for me, this is kind of it's it's pretty much the equivalent of self of it's pretty much the equivalent of healthy self-care. But it's just kind of another way to phrase it. Yeah. And so um, it helps me think like, OK, it is what I'm doing right now something that is kind to myself Mm. in the long run good um and so i guess that's just a way for me to kind of see the difference and and know if what i'm doing is actually being kind to myself is the healthy self-care or if i'm being unkind to myself by avoiding something um so that helps me personally but i mean people can find their own ways to kind of figure out that difference but
0: that's good. No, that's really good. Because I think being kind to yourself, going back to the humility that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I think that it takes wisdom and humility to, to know the difference between what's good for you and what's not. Mm-hmm. What's kind to yourself and what isn't. And so, yeah, I think that's that's really that's really interesting because, um, yeah, I can I can say I'm I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to I'm going to order myself a pizza tonight, I'm going to eat it all. I do that a lot. And mm-hmm. I know that's not good for me. I know that's not healthy. That's a really minimal example. I know, but in the moment, that's emotional eating. But mm-hmm. I know, I know that's not good for me. I know that's not. I'm not 20 years old anymore. I can't. I can't do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think being kind to yourself, like you're like you're saying, is also a long term thing. Mm-hmm. That's really. That's really good. That's not. It's not in the moment. It's 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 long term. It's it's future oriented. It's goals oriented, even mm-hmm. or something like that. That's good.
1: Yeah. It's a, yeah, like you said, it, it's a mindset. And I think for me, it just helps me keep that mindset. And it's also a good reminder to just tell friends, you know, like, are you being kind to yourself yeah, today? That's what yeah. my friends do. They're like, have oh, you been good. kind to yourself today? Like, what can you do that where you can, like, show yourself kindness? And that's it helps good. me kind of reset and be like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Like, what can I do that's actually kind? Am I being kind to myself in this moment or am I just, like, being judgmental to myself? Yeah, am yeah. I just feeling guilty? You know, it, you can apply it to a lot yeah. of things, but... Yeah. It's
0: so easy to be judgmental about ourselves. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially if you're doing unhealthy self-care yeah. and avoiding, yeah. then that can lead to guilt. Yeah, totally. And so, and being guilty and, and blaming yourself, you know, and that's, that's yeah, not that's being not, kind to no. yourself. So, um,
0: so yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, that's a really good one. Um, self-care, be kind to yourself. What else, what else do you think people, students can do to, to help their mental health?
1: Um, Another thing that's helped me, and this is another thing that my friends, a lot of the stuff I talk about, everything I talk about, has come from other people. You know, I'm just a combination of of those around me. (laughs) So, to some extent, anyway. But um, another thing that uh, it was actually my friend Corey who also told me this one is um, acceptance of not knowing, and she phrased it a bit different. But that has really helped me because there are so many different uncertainties when it comes to college in particular about life in general no I don't know for me right now it's like I don't know what job I'm going to have when I graduate I don't know where yeah. I'm gonna live yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna make money and you oh, know dang, get yeah. food and, and there's a lot of unknown yeah. there and um but you could apply that to other things like you know you might not know what major you're gonna have or or stuff like that there's just a lot of not knowing And I think there's a lot of pressure to think that we need to know right away and that we should know. And they're like, why don't you know already? You're going to graduate. Like you need to. Yeah. It's it's a lot of pressure. Um, But really, we don't we don't need to know. Hmm. It's okay to not know. And I think if you really want to have peace, you have to realize that it's okay to not know and to allow yourself to have that freedom and like, it's okay that I don't know right now. Maybe I'll find out eventually. And maybe I never will know, you know, I, yeah. there's, I mean, to get really philosophical, there's some yes. questions that we will just never no. get the answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and that's hard. That's a hard reality to go to, to accept. But, um, I think it's essential unless you want to drive yourself crazy. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, who was it? Was it Socrates or Plato? I think it was Socrates that said the only thing that we know for certain is that we don't know anything, yeah. and or something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, I love that. That's really, really good. Uh, uh, I, one of my favorite therapists slash philosophers. She calls it the not knowing stance, uh, and that's how she approaches conversation. Uh, there's there is a there's a there's a letting go. There's an acceptance of what comes your way, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a there's a peace to. The pressure of knowing is really taken off of you if you accept mm-hmm. the fact that you don't know. That's really good. That's that's really, really good advice. Uh, that's really well said. And I tell people all the time, like, even if you graduate with a degree and you you switch careers later on in life, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Gosh, I know people who are my age and even older who still, who change careers all the time and they don't mm-hmm. know what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. So yeah, it's such a common thing to not know. And I, and I think we do need to make that more normalized mm-hmm. and more accepted and not as a negative thing. And I, I, I don't, I don't like the pressure that comes with, you have to know what you want to do
1: mm-hmm. as soon
0: as you get to, to college. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Right, I don't think yeah. that's, know yeah.
1: Cause it's kind of looked down on when you don't know, mm-hmm. like even when you're trying to find out what college to go to, they're like, Oh, what are you going to do once you yeah. graduate? And so there's this pressure of like, if you don't know, like, Oh, you're not planning, yeah. you're not doing enough to figure this out. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's so unhealthy and it can become really toxic and, and there are be. things that you do need to know, sure, but sure. I mean, you don't have to know everything right no. away. It's okay.
0: yeah That's really good advice. That's, that's my favorite one so far. Um, I also have my notes, resources, say something <laughs> about that for a second.
1: Right. So as I've been talking, I've mentioned a lot of my friends, yeah. um, and, there's there's just so many people in my life who I've I've turned to as a resource. So whenever I think resources, I guess what I'm saying is that I mainly think of people, um, yeah. and people are a great support a support system. Um, so people can be a friend, can be a family, can be church mentors, yeah. can be counselors. Yeah. There's a lot of resources and it's important to see the value in them and actually reach out. And then, but you still have to know, like going back to the acceptance of not knowing you have to realize that these people are going to help you, but they might not always have the answer. And and so you kind of have to, for me, I had to kind of go into, into, you know, these relationships and these resources, having that expectation. But, um, you have to go in with, Knowing that you're going to have to put in work yeah. and accept what they have to say, but resources are great. I yeah. mean, there's so many available all around us. If we really want to reach out, we can.
0: I think. I think taking advantage of resources like therapy and student counseling centers and stuff like that that's such that's so important. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. No matter who you ask, I mean, whether it's a friend or or a professor or a counselor, there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things we need to normalize a lot more today, especially as students are struggling with mental health, anxiety, depression. I do think we need to normalize asking for help. That's such a big one for me. That is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of going back to that humility. Yeah. Um, You really need humility in order to to kind of go to these people sometimes yeah. and that's not a bad thing. Humility yeah. is is a great virtue to have and going into these resources with that humility can really help you get the most out yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, I think people people like to think it's weak to ask for help or or that or, or there's something wrong with you if you're asking for help. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's a really strong thing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. To put aside whatever pride you have, that's a hard thing to do. I think it takes mental and emotional strength to do that. So I think it's a strong thing to ask for help and not a weak thing. Mm-hmm. Um and so so yeah, I'm I'm with you there. That's really important for me too. Mm-hmm. What else Rachel? I think we are at the, I'm at the end of my notes. Do you have anything else?
1: <sighs> um hmm. Not necessarily. I feel like we could almost go back to everything we talked yeah. about, and I could probably have more things to say.
0: <laughs> well, all this stuff is important. I think my <coughs> the biggest takeaway for me is the burnout piece, um, the the pressures that students feel, and of course the self care part mm-hmm. uh, and being kind to yourself. Those are those are the big ones for me. Um, yeah, we can have an entire episode on student burnout. Mm-hmm. That's a really that's a really big one for me. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We've been talking to Rachel Vaughn, a Family Studies major in the Behavioral Science Department, and she has given us some insight into the student experience and how we can help or overcome or at the very least minimize negative impacts on our mental health. Uh, Rachel, thanks for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Everyone, stay tuned. There's more to come.